creativesmoothie.com Boost your creativity. Last Sunday was the greatest night of my life. I was nestled in a soft velvet chair in Cinema 14 of the Young and Dundas Cineplex Theatre, packed alongside my friends, my family, and my fellow filmmakers. I was about to experience the Tapfest Film Festival, a night full of short films, movies, made by us. As Showtime drew near, I began to feel, of course, the goosebumps growing along my arms as I sat there. I was nervous. I was thinking in my head, almost oblivious to the crowd around me. Would they like the film that I made? Would anybody like it? Would I like the films that they made? Do I have time to go to the bathroom one more time? <laughs> Before I could go, the host, our guide, sprung onto the stage. He had this slick back hair, this tight silver suit, and these uh, white teeth that shone like spotlights from the stage. Are you ready? Let's do this. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, showtime. The lights went down. The whole theater became dark. And suddenly, we were thrust in a journey through movies. I saw everything that night. From a movie, a horror movie, about laundry, appropriately titled Laundry Horror, <laughs> to a black and white silent comedy about the day in the life of a clown, to a dark, dystopian thriller set in a large, gothic mansion. That was mine. <laughs> By the end of the night, after two and a half hours of movies, I sank back into that velvet chair, took a deep breath, still had a little bit of goosebumps. But the one thing that's stuck with me and it's still with me today, is that of all the movies that I saw, of all the almost 24 short films from that night, from Sunday night, it was the films that had the best stories that stood out. The films that had the best stories that stood out. These are films that I still remember even now, days later. I can still picture that clown as he was putting, up, putting on his makeup in the mirror, getting ready for his day. I can still picture that eerie basket of laundry. And so that made me realize that if I can continue to become a better storyteller and to tell better stories, and if that was the thing that I worked on over and over and over again, I knew that I could stand out. My films can stand out, my presentations would stand out. 
So that's what we're going to work on today. This is all going to be about storytelling. It's going to be a workshop format. So uh, I'm almost done up here, actually. The rest of it is going to be you guys getting up here, and we're going to work on our stories and work on our storytelling. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Three, two, one, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Great. Before we get started, though, guys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get you up here without giving you some tips. So I'm going to give you three main elements of storytelling. This is what I want you to write down. This is what, what I want you to remember. Uh, David here is going to be writing these down as we go through them. But really, what, I want to keep it simple for you. So the first element of a good story, characters. Good stories have good characters. Good characters are relatable. They're memorable. And most importantly, good characters want something. Examples of characters. You have our hero. Every hero has what? A nemesis, a villain. Every hero has a villain. The hero also has friends. Sometimes the hero has a love interest. Sometimes the hero has a mentor who gives him knowledge, gives him experience. Many different types of characters. Anybody in here a fan or have family members who are a fan of the Harry Potter series? Give me some hands. Okay, some hesitant hands coming up. It's all right. It's all good. I'm a big fan myself. So, Amy, who's the hero of the Harry Potter series? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Wow. Who is the villain of the Harry Potter series? Would you say? Depends which one. Which Harry. Who's Potter. the overall villain of the Harry Potter series? Who's he always seem to be up against? Somebody want to help me out over here? Yes. Voldemort, okay. Omar didn't put up his hand up before, but we, now we know. He's a Harry Potter fan. Uh, Harry Potter also has friends. I think his biggest problem is himself. But. <laughs> <laughs> a conflicted hero. He's got Ron and Hermione, his two best friends. He's got a love interest. Anybody know who the love interest is? You at the back? No. John, no? Okay. Her name is Ginny, just so you know for future reference. And he's got a mentor who is Dumbledore, his old wizarding father-like figure. So characters. Second element of a good story is the narrative. Good stories have a narrative. So they take us on a journey from start to finish. They take us to new places. They give us new challenges. They surprise us. And finally, stories answer the question, did the hero get what they want? Did they complete their quest? Or are they still looking? So an example is the first Harry Potter movie. Anybody remember it? The Philosopher's Stone. Omar, what's the main narrative in the Philosopher's Stone in one sentence? Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. What's the story about? 
Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is about the quest for the Philosopher's Stone. The, Stone. <laughs> the whole story, they're trying to get the Philosopher's Stone and keep it out of the hands of Voldemort, he who must not be named. A narrative can be as simple as that. Characters, narrative, final element of a good story, the third element is vividness. Vividness. Good stories are vivid. They have rich details that bring the stories to life. Vividness plants images in your mind so you can see exactly what the storyteller has in his mind, plus your own imagination. Vividness also makes you feel the story. You can smell the story sometimes, but it makes you feel it here. So an example is, I'll take this one, guys. I'm a Harry Potter fan. In the Harry Potter series, there's a castle called Hogwarts. That's their school. Hogwarts has a main room. It's a big dining room called the Great Hall. Let me tell you about the Great Hall. It's got these four long wooden tables that stretch out into infinity. It's got paintings surrounding it on all sides that move. It's got candles that float in midair above your head and a sky that shines with the stars at night. And on the tables, of course, are platters and platters and platters of the most delicious food and dessert that appear just like that. That's the Great Hall in Hogwarts. So what are the three elements of a story? Character. Characters, Narrative, narrative vividness. and Vividness. And I'm going to give you guys a bonus, bonus point. You're not done. <laughs> bonus point. Stories sometimes have a lesson. So at the end, there'll be something that the hero has learned that they can then use to move forward and get better in their next adventure. Got it? Are we all better storytellers a little bit? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So the rest of tonight is going to be a workshop. What I'm going to do is bring each of you guys up uh, within time, and we're going to have you do a two-minute, very simple, table-topic-style story. Then we're going to pause, we're going to talk about it, we're going to see if we could add a few elements that might have been missing or add to the elements that you already had, and we're going to give you a second shot to tell the story again and be immediately become a better storyteller. Sound good? Everyone suddenly a little bit nervous? Yep. That's okay. Why don't we bring up somebody to help break the ice here? My buddy Jag. Please welcome Jag. I know you've been away for a while, but this is your big, uh, your big comeback today. So what, what I want you to do for us, Jag, is stories don't have to be too complicated. And what we're going to show here today is that you can actually take the simplest story, the simplest situation, the time that you bought a bagel and the poppy seeds all fell off, the time that you got the wrong timbit. Anything can be made into a story using the three elements that we talked about. Okay? So I want you to, Jag, tell us two minutes. Let's get two minutes on the clock, table topic style. And just tell us a story 
of something that happened to you this morning. Try and get as far as you can, and we'll go from there. Okay? Thank you. There was this unemployed accountant. It looked somewhat like me. He was looking for work for such a long time that he got somewhat fed up. He heard of an interview one morning, but he didn't have the right suit. So he went out to Moore's and got a suit at the last minute. And he put it on immediately in the store itself. And he got dressed and he went to this interview. And he did a perfectly acceptable interview for the job of an accountant with two or three interviewers. I feel sorry for this guy. He had not realized that on the suit there was a price tag and the name of the suit still attached to one arm. And it was only after he put, he felt so confident in the interview that he put his arms on the table. And he didn't know whether or not the interviewers noticed that there was a tag still on his, on his jacket. But he felt so embarrassed and he drew into himself so much that he walked out of that interview very deflated and very negative. The moral of the story, though, is that despite what he thought was a dis enabling factor, that he actually did so well in the interview that he was called for a second time. But you know what? He made sure to take that tag off to go for his interview number two, and he did get a job. Thank you very much for listening. Wow. What a master storyteller we have here. Very humble. Stay here. Stay Thank here. You. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Thank you. So any comments on the story? Would you guys like? Give us a word from the back. One word. Realistic. Realistic. Wow. Was this you? Yes. Oh, my God. Was it this morning? This afternoon. Okay. Humor. Okay. So what I want you to do, we're going to give you a second shot, same exact story. Um, what I want you to do is add more to the characters. So if it's you... No need to pretend that it's uh, some third person that doesn't have a name, that has no vivid details. We want char characters to be relatable, remember? So if you're telling us your personal story, uh, tell us that it's your story. Tell us that it was you. It actually makes us connect to your character more. So if that character is you, I want you to be yourself, make it relatable. I want you to add a little bit more details of the other character who is your interviewer. Okay, I want to know a little bit more about both of you guys. What did this person look like? Was it a male? Was it a female? Did they, was there any, were there any defining characteristics about them? Help us see who that character is. I thought that you had a really good narrative. It really seemed like he was on this journey to getting a suit and doing an interview. Uh, but I just want more vividness about the situation and the scene, but especially the characters. Okay? Thank you. And, um, I believe you still had a good 30 seconds, so spend your time and, and really pull us into this story. Okay, one more time for Jeff. So in 20 years of working in Canada, I had almost 30 jobs. I had chosen to become a contractor, a self-employed contractor. There are many ups and downs in a, in a role like that. So I was going to interviews a lot. It was during the 2008 meltdown 
that I became unemployed or between jobs, as they say, for an extended period. And after trying for so many times, I had felt somewhat dejected. I didn't care about this particular interview I had to go to. However, I saw the need for a brand new suit. And it was a few hours before that I decided to do so. So I went to one of these ta uh, stores in Brampton called Moore's. It's a fairly affordable mid-range priced suit. I got it and I put it on right there. It fitted so well. But my mind was very far away. I went with low energy, as they say, as Donald Trump would have said, to this interview. And I still had the tags on. And the price tag and the name of the, the store. I arrived there and very dutifully I was in this banking type company, a fun, you know, funds type company, I can, I can name it if you like. But I was interviewed by two or three very staunch, very professional looking guys in the most expensive suits. And although I performed and I answered all the questions to the best of my ability, I don't know whether they took pity on me, <laughs> but they seemed to have liked what I was saying. And maybe they saw that I still had the, the tags on my jacket. They interviewed me to the best of the, their ability, and I answered the questions to the best of my ability. But beneath the way I looked, it did seem like I knew what I was talking about. Not only out of desperation for a job, but also that the fact that I would have made a good accountant for them. The moral of the story is that before I got home, my cell phone rang. Here was this offer for me to come back for a second interview, which I did a few days afterwards. And believe it or not, JAG, the desperate candidate, ended up getting that particular job for six months. Thank you. Wow. Amazing. A hundred times better, I think, yeah? Thank you. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Jack. Let's bring up Amy. Amy, come join us up here. Big applause. Big applause. Power poses. Let's see yes. a power pose right now. <sighs> okay. All right. That's the storytelling pose. Okay. So, same thing. Like, you know, I like stories personally that are very recent in my mind. So, I told you guys the story today about last Sunday. So, just tell me a story. Like, let's. Let's uh, talk about your weekend. Was, was there a, a celebration that you had this weekend, a high moment, or was there a low moment, something that sort of threw you off your game that you can tell us about? It doesn't matter how simple it is. It could be about lint. Okay. And we're going to use that, and hopefully we can make that into the best story that it can be. Sure. Okay, watch the time. We'll get two minutes again. And please welcome Amy. In my computer and I realized I have to go to a Toastmasters training at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Like who in their wildest dreams schedules a 9 o'clock in the morning training on a Saturday and back to for Toastmasters? So I realized the night before that I had to go to this Toastmasters training and I thought I'm on top of it. I'll put on my alarm 
and I will be able to make it in a jiffy. An hour is all I really need to get ready, and out the door I go. Silly little moon. I forgot to check the location of this wonderful event that was going to happen at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. This place, which I thought was going to be in downtown, like typically what I'm used to, was nowhere close to it. It was in New York. And it's at only 8.30 that I realize that it's in New York. So much for taking public transit, folks. I get into the car, and I'm looking at the directions, trying to drive, thinking I'm going to make it in time. The GPS says, seven minutes early. And I'm like, yes, I don't have to be the one walking in when the whole room is filled. Driving, driving, driving. Obviously, detours happen because apparently construction happens on the weekend on Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning. Who does construction at 9 o'clock in the morning on a weekend? Again, I don't understand this. So I'm driving and following the GPS, and now time is slipping away. All of a sudden, I have two minutes left to be on time. Now it's at 9, and I'm on time and late. I haven't eaten. I'm grumbling. haven't had coffee. I was not wanting to be late, and now I'm officially late. It's 9.05. Park my car at 9.07, and then I hurriedly look around, trying to find the entrance to this blasted place, and I find this opening. I walk in with a room full of people, a presentation going on, and I scurry to the back, slowly. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. So, wonderful story. Any thoughts? Give me a word. Come over here. One word to describe. It's vivid. Vivid. Very vivid. I agree. Incredible to make such a story out of such a simple incident. So, what I want you to try this time, mm -hmm. I liked your character. I like how it was very, very simple. It was just you. I want you to bring out a little bit more about why you would want to be at this meeting. You talked a lot about having to be there, but I really want to know, like, what is it in your heart? Why do you really have to be there? Is it something that is going to benefit you? Is it something that you actually really treasure, despite the fact that it's at nine? I like the challenge that it's really early, but I really want to get a sense of why is this meeting like the Philosopher's Stone for you? Why do you really have to be there? Sure. So I want you to really draw out and repeat throughout the story your quest so that we know how important it is for you to be there. And I want you to add a little bit, it was very vivid, but I want a little bit more vividness in terms of the feelings that you had when at key moments. Whether it's like your stomach sort of grinding up when you saw the time, or was it, how did you feel when you realized how far away it was? Can you describe vividly how far that place really is for those of us who don't know? Okay. So I really want you to amp up the, the descriptions of feelings and really highlight the quest and make it feel like we're, we're really, really certain. We really, really want you to make it there in time. Okay? okay? And so we'll get another two minutes. Amy, please. I'm going to pop up some air now in myself. <laughs> All right. So I turned on my computer the night before, looking at my schedule and trying to figure out what I have committed to for the weekend. Quick plan, quick action. I'm going to take this weekend by storm. I'm going to make sure that I do everything I have planned for this weekend. I'm a very committed person. If I plan something, I really, really want it to happen. 
I make sure that I move mountains to make it happen because I'm a responsible person. If I say I'll do it, I'll do it. So that night I said, okay, even though it's an eight o'clock in the morning, ridiculous time training session, I'm going to make sure that I get there in time, fresh, ready to go. Even though I will be really tired, I will be looking fresh because I have this disposition that I'm committed, I'm going to be there. Put on the alarm, I know I have enough time to get up and get ready, get to this event. But one thing I forgot the next morning, I look at 8.30 and I'm ready to go and this place is 45 minutes away. That too by driving, it is not in downtown, it is in New York somewhere. And I cannot go to my car, I have to go to my car now and not take the public transit. All I want to do at this moment is cancel, forget it. Who wants to go to this meeting? Like, why do I need to go? It's, who's going to notice? Is anyone going to really notice? What if I don't go? This person on the right side said, Ami, you committed. You got to go. You have to go. Forget it. It's so nice to curl up in the bed. Who's going to notice? No, no. You said you'll go. It's going to be a great weekend. You're going to take it by storm. Come on. You can do this. I quickly listen to this one. Today, that one wins. I get into the car, and I drive. GPS says, I have seven minutes to make it in time. I'll be there in time seven minutes early. And I'm like, OK, I can do this. This one is right. As I'm driving, there's apparently traffic, detours, all this kind of stuff happening. And all of a sudden, the time slips away, and I'm sinking in my stomach. I'm like, oh, it's going to be late. We're two minutes to it. Another two minutes go by. Now I'm on time. Another three minutes go by. I'm already late. Mm -hmm. I park my car 907, look for the door, get into it. I'm late. But I'm going, because this one's going to win today. Okay? This one's really going to win. That one wins. I walk in. I quietly sit down and forget that event even happened. Thank you. All right. Loved it. Loved it even better. I loved how your character now had this conflict the entire time. You had these two, almost like an angel and a devil, whispering in your ear. Yeah. And I liked how, I really liked at the end, actually, maybe if there's a longer version of this, how you had these moments where, oh, you're going to make it. Oh, I'm going to be late. All of these sort of challenges came in your way along the way. So thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. OK, big <laughs> Everyone's wondering now, oh my god, is he going to pick me to go up there next? <laughs> How about our friend John in the back? Please welcome John. John, do you like food? Love food. Okay. <laughs> Some of the best stories are about food. You can really take people on an epic food journey when you just talk about something as simple as food. So I want you to really, really, really keep it simple and relatable. Just think about a food experience that you had within the last week, whether it was at home, a restaurant, somebody baked you something, doesn't matter what it is, and try and weave it into a story. Remember the three elements? You're going to have characters in the story. You're going to have some sort of a narrative. So take us on a journey. Don't forget to take us on a journey. Have some vividness. So especially when you're talking about food, you really want us to smell it, to see it, to taste it. Emphasize that. And maybe have a lesson at the end, something that you learn, even if it's really simple. Okay, all right, we'll give you one shot and we'll do it again after that. Excellent. Okay? Gone.
I love food. I love eating food. I don't necessarily love cooking food. So I order out a lot. Often the type of food that I like, I would call comfort food. It's not really high class, but it's just delicious. Chinese food is kind of my go-to thing. So earlier this week, didn't feel like cooking, ordered in Chinese food. Now it's not the real Chinese food that you get in Chinatown. <laughs> that is good. No, this was chicken balls. This was a lot of fried stuff, fried wings. There's a local place that we always order from. I absolutely love. So I ordered the food, no problem. Standard order, go through everything. It's kind of a weird place we've ordered there before. They just ask, all right, you know, how are you going to be paying for this? Going to be paying by credit card. Awesome, thank you. Don't give me the price. They don't ask for my credit card number or anything else like that. I'm sure that they're not PCI compliant, for those of you who are bankers. It, it worries me sometimes, but the food is really good. <laughs> the strange thing is about this place, I know it takes about 15 minutes to drive there. The food was at our house in 20 minutes. They do make this food fresh. I've, I've been in the restaurant. I've seen them make the food fresh. But the driver is there in 20 minutes. And it's not just this time. Sometimes he's been there in less than 15 minutes. I can only imagine that the car that he has perhaps has a big deep fry in the back. And as soon as they get the order, putting the fries in and, and the chicken balls and everything else. And, and he's just going, driving around, hoping for that call to come in. But the food comes in. We finally got it and started mowing down on the food because it is absolutely delicious. The warmth of the chicken balls and of course that radioactive goo that you put over everything. Oh, it was just absolutely fantastic. Finally got my food. Thank you. Awesome. The story of the chicken balls. I love it. <laughs> uh, any comments on uh, John's first shot at a story? Uh, what about over here in the corner? One comment. Humorous. Humorous, okay, good. It was very funny. So let's work with that. I want to make this into a really, really hilarious comedy, comedic story, okay? I want you to, I felt like the, the driver and, the, and just the people on the phone, I feel like those were characters in your story, but they were very vague. You didn't really give them much vividness. I didn't really know whether you saw them as heroes, villains, who are they? So I want you to really bring to life the driver when you see him, like really give him some details, and as well as the phone conversation that you had with this company, okay? So bring to life the characters a little bit more. I want you to focus, zero in more on the moments when you're getting the food, the moment on the phone, and ba just basically forget about all of the asides about the company, focus on your experience about getting the food. And then the final point is I want you to add more vividness to the food. I want to know more about the chicken balls. I want to know more about the radioactivity of the sauce. Really, really spend the last third of your speech emphasizing this food. Okay? And that's it. It's just, it can be a simple story like that. All right. All right. John. Two minutes on I love food. 
the food that I really like, Chinese food. Not the real authentic Chinese food that you get on, in Chinatown, but the chicken balls, the fried wings, spring rolls. There's a place near, near me, they're a little crazy, <laughs> but they do make really, really good food. I've been there, I see them, they make it fresh, the people are always very, very friendly. And every time we order from there, it's pretty much the same thing. I call them up. I give them my, my order. They ask, how are you paying? Are you paying by credit card or cash? Oh, I think I'll pay by credit card. The woman on the phone, she's very, very nice. She's always very attentive. Sometimes her accent is a little hard to understand because, hey, she's Chinese, but that's okay. And, and I'm not Chinese. <laughs> so. How are you going to pay? Going to pay by credit card. Great, no problem. It will be there very, very soon. And that's it. This woman on the phone, I don't know what she does or how she does it, but somehow she already knows all the information. She didn't ask for my credit card number. She just wanted to know if I'm going to pay by credit card or not. I didn't even give her my telephone number. <laughs> it's possible she recognizes my voice, but I don't order out that much. <laughs> But the food is on its way. Now, the place that I order from is about a 15-minute drive away from me. They do make the food fresh. I've been in the restaurant, and it, it is very delicious, very good. And yet, the driver suddenly appears on my doorstep, nice and proud, piping hot food in his hands, and he hands it to me. And this was 20, only 20 minutes after I ordered. Somehow, magically, they had made the food, which, when I'm in the restaurant, takes about 10, 15 minutes. Then they transported it to my place, and they delivered it, all, which is 15 minutes away, and they've somehow compressed that time into 20 minutes. I don't know what kind of magic they're using. I don't know what kind of wonderful vehicle they have. Perhaps they cook the food on the engine. I'm not sure. <laughs> but the food came and it was delicious. I love nothing more than taking those horribly fried chicken balls with no nutritional value whatsoever, <laughs> and you just dump that radioactive red goo. I don't know what it is, but it is delicious on top of everything. Oh, and then you just start mowing down on this stuff, on the chicken wings and the uh, spring rolls and egg rolls and everything that's fried is delicious. <laughs> and then I'm happy. And I have my food. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Love the food descriptions. I'm getting hungry already. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have lunch yet, guys. Yeah. And, uh... Featuring music mixed by DJ Corey Dawkins. For more, visit DJCoreyDawkins.com.